Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey, everybody. Arch here, and it is Thursday after the Daily Show, which used to mean something, stopped meaning anything, <laughs> and now he's back. James is back. What's going on, man? Oh, the king is back. It's so good to be back. It's, it's just crazy how long it's been. It's been, what, a, a five-month hiatus, really? And it's, yeah, it's just, it's like we never left, really. It's, I'm looking forward to the show today. It's good. Yeah, man. So what's been going on with you? A lot, <laughs> a lot, as you've probably seen on uh, my social media. Obviously, I had a, um, I was working full time for the last uh, couple of months or so, and yeah, that was probably the main reason why you know we stopped doing these shows because I obviously couldn't commit to the times. Obviously, I was at work, and and it was it was in marketing, and you know, just I found out that it wasn't for me, and I, I definitely missed the journalism side of things, you know, just going on you know, these shows, for example, giving my predictions and lowdowns for, for key fights in MMA or even football matches as well. And I definitely miss that side of things. So, you know, I'm no longer doing marketing and totally looking forward to what lies ahead for the sports media industry, really. And then, mm. yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Well, that's <laughs> not it for you. There's something else that happened too. You got, you got locked down, man. You let a lady lock you down yeah no absolutely <laughs> yeah it's uh i think yeah i think we got together at around about the same time i started so then again you know say if we wanted to do a an early morning saturday show for the ufc which obviously had the weekends off mm-hmm. i definitely couldn't because i was in cardiff because uh she's welsh <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing uh, well, the the Welsh and the English notoriously well. When it comes to rugby, they don't necessarily get along, you know. But you know, we're trying to. I think obviously with me going out of the Welsh last, you know, trying to form peace between the two countries. But no, it's it's all good, you know. Okay. It's, yeah, like life is good. I know you don't want to say you don't want to say too much. She might hear you. I know, I know. We we <laughs> you're you're talking to almost all guys. We all know what happens once we get that you know that steady girlfriend. <laughs> no, we absolutely know. You just get tied down. You know, she's got me on the lead, so I've got to be careful with what I say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. How, yeah, yeah. Well, how are you doing then? Bro? Oh, fine. Yeah, the podcast is doing fine. Everything's. Growing, we took a little hit after leaving you or losing you. You know, the sex appeal of the show went down about ninety five percent. Yeah, we lost the um. Yeah, all the South American ladies decided to hop on off now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> no more Latinas or Hispanic women listening for for James. All right, man. Well, it's glad to have you back. It's time to get to work, though. Let's get you to work. What are we looking at in the fight this weekend? Well, the main event between Curtis Blades and Carl Dalkus, and it, it, it's good because you know, we've had several fight nights uh, over the UFC Apex for the last the year or so, ever since the pandemic. And now, obviously, we had UFC London last weekend, and now we've got UFC Columbus this weekend. So it's, on, it's kind of good to see Dana White integrating the fans back together, even whether it's simple fight nights. It's just good to have the atmosphere and... 
And again, after last weekend's uh, performance with regard to the atmosphere, I think Dana White seems to be keen to bring back the fans for fight night. So we've got another fight night action here at Columbus. And we've got a good main event between Curtis Blades and Chris Dalkus. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. Obviously, Curtis Blades is coming off of that unanimous decision win over Jarzino Rosenstreich. And Chris Dalkus, unfortunately, is coming off of a loss to Derek Lewis about a couple of months ago. So... It should be an intriguing matchup, I think. For Chris Dalkus, prior to the defeat to Derek Lewis, he's on a bit of a roll with wins over Shamil Abdumarakov, um, Alexi Olenek, uh, Rodrigo Nascimento. And the fight with Derek Lewis was probably arguably the toughest challenge of his career. And unfortunately, he got knocked out very early on. So he's got another tough test this weekend in Curtis Blades, who is a... It's a weird one with Curtis Blades, really, because he seems to sit in that top five bracket and never really pushes on for a title, you know, title contention. He'll get close to the title picture and then he'll defeat you know, brutally. You know, you've seen the fights with Ngannou and then nearly a year ago to Derek Lewis when he was on a roll with wins over Volkov, Junior De Santos and Shamil as well. So prior to the defeat to Lewis, he was on a bit of a roll and, Obviously, that's gone downhill a bit, but he's back against Rosenstreich, got the win. And I think going into this one with Chris Dalkus, I'm expecting a Curtis Blades victory. I think this is a, a very winnable fight for Curtis Blades. You know, people just say he's a bit of a, a one dimensional fighter with his substantial and uh, sensational grappling ability. But I'd say his hands have improved steadily over the last couple of years or so when he's you know, um, taking out the former champion in Junior De Santos and it's ground and pound. He lives up to the Razor nickname. You know, he's very dangerous on the map. With regards to his weaknesses, I'll probably say his cardio doesn't really appear to be the best. Now, this is a five-round fight against Chris Dalkus. Now, hypothetically, so if this fight goes into the championship round, we may see Chris start to, uh, to thrive and take advantage of his weaknesses. But I think Curtis Blades, his chin isn't the best. So he could get knocked out against Chris Dalkus, who you look at his records, I believe at the top of my head, 11 of his 12 wins have come by a former knockout. So Curtis Blaze has got to be very careful when he's trying to go into the exchanges early on and being careful and maintaining the distance. So I think from the get-go, I believe Curtis Blaze is just going to look to take the fight to the floor early on because Chris Dalkus doesn't really have the, the best of takedown defense. And again, this is another tough test for him. So if Curtis Blaze gets the fight to the floor early on, I suspect he'll get the um, ground and pound victory. So I'm probably going to go for a Curtis Blades in the second. Second, TKO? TKO, yeah. Ground and no, pound. Sub no submission, right? No submission, no. No, it's, I can't argue with you. Uh, Blades is minus 400, right? Yeah, minus 400. That's crazy. Yeah, he's minus 476 at five times, minus 400 to bet 365. So I agree with you. Uh, he's going to win 100%, especially looking where the line's tracking. I mean, I would back Curtis Blades too. 400 might be a little lot, but uh, mm. Curtis Blades wins by KOTKO submission. It's only minus 138. Yeah. So I like that play an awful lot. I would look at that. Um, fight goes decision, no, minus 300. No value there. Maybe, maybe fight goes under uh, four and a half rounds or total round under four and a half total rounds. That's minus 250. So that's a little high too. I think mm. the value probably is just taking Blades minus 138 to uh, TKO. <laughs> 
No, 100%. Uh, I totally agree. But then again, this is MMA. And obviously, when you're looking at Chris Dalkis's knockout records, you just don't know what happened. But I'm very confident in my pick this weekend. So hopefully he comes up clutch with this one. I like it. All right. What else are we looking at? I've got John Wood versus Alexa Grosso in the co-main event. Now, I think looking at this one, it shouldn't really be overlooked if you're an MMA fan because I think it's going to be very competitive right from the get-go. You look at both fighters, they look to stand and trade with that sort of traditional Muay Thai style. Jo- Joanne Woods uh, has such a, a d- diverse striking technique and it's it's very refreshing to see. And you look at Alexa Grasso, who's boxing and Muay Thai is just second to none. Now, this is such a good one to watch. I know Joe Wood... Prior to the recent defeats, she was looking at a potential shot at the title, but unfortunately she hasn't been on the best of runs recently. I believe she's two, uh, three and two in the last five, uh, five fights, coming off of a submission loss to Talia Santos. So, And again, <laughs> I think Dana White sort of fed her to a, a very tough contender, so I feel for Joanne Wood this weekend, but it should be a good fight nonetheless. I think overall Wood is a, a solid kickboxer with dangerous ground skills but we've rarely seen her take the fight to the floor and I think when the fight tends to get a bit gritty and nitty uh, you know the f- fighters stand and trade with Joanne Woods she tends to sort of fall back a little bit and gets outworked and gets outstretched in the final minutes of the round so it's going to be a good one to watch Grass on the other hand she's probably at 28 I'd say she's reaching her prime and she seems to be mm-hmm. finding her home at flyweights mm-hmm. and Again, like I said, her fast hands are extremely, you know, one to not necessarily go under the radar. She's got very dangerous boxing skills as well. She's underrated on the ground, but personally, I think this fight will predominantly take fight take place on the feet. I think her main weakness is her lack of a finishing ability. But again, if she's been in dominant performances, then that doesn't really matter. Can Grasso put JoJo away this weekend? She's a she's not the most durable of fighters, would but I think. Grasso this weekend because it's probably a tough test for her. She's just going to try and look to control the proceedings with the boxing exchanges and the Muay Thai exchanges. So I'm probably going to go for an uh, Alexa Grasso by decision. I think she'll just easily and comfortably outpoint Joe Wood. Can't argue with that. Uh, Grasso's minus 250. Uh, Wood is plus 200. That's the best line mm. I could find. I And I can't argue. I think Grasso does win. I think it does go decision. I don't know if you yeah. remember five months ago. I, I have a particular reason why I usually go decision in fights like this. Uh, and the, the, uh, Alex Grasso, by decisions, only minus 150. I think that's a, mm. a solid place to look at to, to uh, bet. So that's what I'm going to do is Grasso minus 150 by decision. No, 100%. And it's definitely a, a smart play given Joe's recent luck inside the octagon. All right. What else are we looking at? Askarov versus Kaikara France. Now, it was recently announced this week that Davison Figueiredo and Brandon Moreno will fight for the flyweight title a fourth time in the upcoming months. Now, when you look at this fight this weekend between Askarov and Kaikara France, it looks as if this one will be the title eliminator. So whoever comes out on top this weekend will ultimately fight the winner of Moreno versus Figueiredo because I think we're sick to death of seeing Figueiredo versus Moreno. I think it'll be the fourth time. So let's get some new flyweight contenders and this one will be a good one to watch. And, you know, you look at Askar Askarov. He is such a dangerous fighter. I believe he's 3-0 in the UFC. He's undefeated in his whole career. And whilst you look at Kaikara France, he's won two in a row. He's coming off of that biggest win of his career against Cody Garbrandt. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this fight because this, you know, as I alluded to earlier, this is a potential title limit, uh, eliminator. And 
it's the traditional when you're looking at the stars it's the traditional grappler versus striker battle now in recent years we've seen the grapplers tend to control the proceedings because the strikers just haven't had the answer to, to the grappling exchanges and the ability to compete and defend off your back on the mat Askarov is a, a combat samba and freestyle specialist. You know, he truly lives up to the the, the true elites of the the grappling department, and he's called the Dagestani bullet. <laughs> so he tends to wrap up his opponent early, and he's always looking for the submission early on. And and even in his striking, I've, I've definitely seen his striking's improved over the last couple of fights or so. He just seems to have that a bit more pop behind his jabs and behind his strikes. So Kaikara fans is going to have to look out on the feet. However, with that being said. Kaikara, France, is uh, fighting out of city kickboxing, arguably the best gym in the world right now. You know, they're renowned for their kickboxing ability, their striking. So it'll be a, a hard man to to control because Kaikara, France, will look to dominate the kickboxing range early and not get taken down. So I think Askarov has got to be very patient and he's got to be careful with uh, Kaikara, France's counter hooks and counter striking ability because... You know, when he lands, he will land with sheer venom and he will look to take out his opponent. So inside the octagon so far, I think Kai Karafant's never really been held down by a true elite grappler. He's definitely a sh- the sharpest striker out of the two, but I think this one's going to be Asuka Askarov's night. I think he'll be able to to weather the potential early storm because I think Kai Kara will look to take him out in the first round. But in the second and third round, he'll probably... Askarov will take the fight to the floor and just outpoint him, really. So I'm going to go for Askarov by decision here. Man, I agree with you. Three for three now. Oh, well, that's crazy. Oh, I know. I'm not used to this, lad. Either I got smarter or you got dumber. One of the two. <laughs> Probably the latter. Askarov, yeah, it's minus 400 to win the fight. So yeah. there's no value there. Um, I just don't see Kaikara having much of a chance to win this fight period mm. uh but it looks like a decision to me the decision uh so i should say askarov to win by decision is only minus 120 so there it is circle that that's mm. what that's what you want to play in that fight i think mm. that's what i'm, I'm gonna do it no 100 there's only value there and if there is value you gotta go for it guess who's back back again my bookie's back tell a friend that's right djn's proud to say that we're once again, being brought to you by my bookie, but just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy, insane, maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to twenty-five thousand big ones or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on, the best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. What else are we looking at? <laughs> uh, well, we're sort of venturing down to the prelims now with uh, Jennifer Mayer versus Manon Fierro. And I know this fight doesn't look the most entertaining on paper, but I'm thoroughly looking forward to seeing Manon Fierro this weekend. And 
she's just been such a joy to watch since entering the UFC nearly well just over a year ago now she's 3 and 0 with the promotion 8 and 1 professional record and she's coming off a, a nice impressive win over Myra Bueno Silva just over 5 months ago where she's looking at Jennifer Mayer she's a an established top 10 contender so this will like I said this will probably be Fiero's toughest test yet She's coming off of a defeat mare against Caitlin Chukagan. Again, there's no shame in that. Prior to that, she won against Jessica Rice. So Jennifer Mayer will be no slouch and Manafiro will know that. She knows it's going to be a tough test of her career and I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. Now, looking at Jennifer Mayer, obviously the Brazilian, she's got a traditional Brazilian jiu-jitsu style and that's obviously when the fight does go to the floor. But I think Mayer's wrestling isn't necessarily the best. I think Fiero will try and look to use a great takedown defense and just sort of try and get the fight up to the cage and use that clinch work to advantage and use her clinch strikes and just try and adopt her well-rounded striking ability just to sort of try and control proceedings and not get taken to the floor. And again, like I said, she just, Jennifer Mayer lacks that wrestling ability to, to pierce Fiero's takedown defense. So I think if Fiero can keep the fight standing, I just, I just don't see how she loses this fight because she's just so elite on the on the feet and in the striking. And she's a real talent of the flyweight division. And I think she'll probably make easy work in the striking exchanges and pick Jennifer Mayer apart for a unanimous decision victory. Four for four. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I mean, it's no no surprise here. Uh, May, Jennifer is plus 380. Fiora yeah. is minus 500 to win the fight. So absolutely, in my mind, no value there. But mm. to win by decision, Fiora is only a minus 105. Mm. So I like that. I like that play an awful lot. Uh, fight goes the distance. Yes, minus 175. So any of those options are better than just uh, you know taking the <laughs> obvious, I think. I just don't see, I don't see this as ending in, uh, with an early stoppage. No, no, absolutely not. And I think when you look at the two, the, the pair's stylistic approach, I don't think we're going to get and the, the earliest of finishes. Maybe we'll get one late in the second and the third, but not a first round, I wouldn't say. Okay, well, we'll still lose if we do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, you've got one more? I've got one more, yes. Mateusz Nikolaou versus David Dabrok. And I'm looking forward to this one. I think it's, it's slightly criminal to, to see how low this fight is because you look at the pair, they're just... They're on a, another level and they're, they're in the top 10 of the flyweight division. They're both going to, whoever wins this fight, so many doors will open up for them in 2022. You look at Davorak, he hasn't lost a professional fight since 2012. Um, he's just been on an absolute tear, really. Uh, it's just crazy to watch. And you look at Nikolaou, he's 4-1 and one in his last five fights, but he's coming off uh, an impressive decision win over Tim Elliott. And as for Davorak, he's coming off of the first-round submission over Juan Camilo Rondoasso. For Davorak, this will probably be, again, his toughest test in the UFC so far, and it'll be interesting to see if he can pass his test with flying colours. And I think when you look at the fight in terms of how they match up, I think Davorak will have, uh, Davorak will have the sharper hands. He'll probably look to control the striking exchanges. But when you look at Nikolaou's ability on the mats, it's going to certainly, it could pay dividends for him this weekend. But with that being said, Dvorak has just an excellent takedown defense. And I, I suspect Dvorak will try and keep the fight 
you know, standing. You know, I think you look at Dvorak's record. He's got a couple of submission wins under his belt, but I don't think you want to be playing around with Nicolau on the mat, who's a, a very well-rounded grappler. So Dvorak, I think Dvorak uh, takedown average per 15 minutes is zero. His takedown accuracy is zero. <laughs> mm. So it's definitely going to be very difficult. He doesn't want to be on the mat at all. No, no, 100%. So I think if he can get the fight standing, you know, he'll look to control him. But I think if you're Nicolau, you'll probably you'll look to that and, you know, try and be one of the first ones taken down. But Nick, uh, David Dvorak, he's just so efficient when it comes to his defense. He, you know, he's going to try and keep the, the fight standing and pick his fight uh, apart because, you know, he's an entertainer, really. And I'm not saying when the fight goes to four, it's very boring because it's not. I like the scrambles, but... When you're looking at that statistic, it's it certainly doesn't bode well for Nicolau this weekend when it comes to trying to have some sort of success on the map. But if anyone can do it, it's a Brazilian because they've got such a the traditional Brazilian BJJ background. But I think Nicolau will try and look to exploit that. But I'm going to go for David Dovrak via decision. I just think I don't think he'll get the finish. I just think he'll control proceedings for the 15 minutes. Dovrak is minus 150, and I do think he wins the fight. I, I'm not entirely sure how it looks pretty yeah. close. I mean, obviously we know it's not going to be a submission, so I would just <laughs> scratch that one off your, off your list. Uh, yeah. I'm not overly concerned. I'm just going to bet Dvorak to win the fight. I think you're right. Yeah. I think decision. I don't see a clear advantage coming out of either of these guys for, you know, any particular method. So mm. I'm going to bet the money line that Dvorak just wins the fight yeah, and, and then if you want to go deeper, probably decision. I, I probably agree with you. No, no, I percent I think because both men are sort of you know well within the top ten, top fifteen rankings, I'll probably look to play it safe and you know, hopefully not get knocked out or finished because that could you know ruin their chances of climbing up the rankings. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think decision's fair. Uh, this is why I hate doing the podcast with you. I want to look at a fight, and I'm looking at these names, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> Alice Kebab, Kariz, Kariz, Kariziv, Kariv versus Dennis. There you go. Kiz, Kizwaya, yeah, yeah, there you go. Dennis. I can't pronounce shit. I, I do not. I do not speak out loud well, apparently. Um, but um, Dennis is plus 500. Kiraviv is minus 700 to win the fight. So there's no value there. But I do think that Kiraviv has a significant advantage here to TKO or KO or submit Dennis here in this one. It's minus 275. It's a little bit chalky, but I do think that's how the fight's going to go. I want to grab a piece of Kyrieve to KO Dennis minus the 275. No, absolutely. I totally agree with you. I think when you look at his um, Contender Series debut, it's absolutely sensational. He got a first-round submission, and he's very dangerous on the mat as well. I'd say he's got he's thirteen and zero, so he's got a fair few of um, rear naked chokes and submission wins under his belt. So I think the best play for this one, I think he will get the finish, whether it be a knockout because he's got a fair few knockouts under his belt. But you're looking at that thirteen and zero record, making his UFC debut, like Dennis Tillyan. I just think uh, Alaskab will probably get the the victory this weekend because he's you know just got that 
13 and no win streak riding behind him. He's such a dangerous fighter wherever the fight goes. He's proven that he can finish the fight. And he's also proven that he can go the distance. So, yeah, I'm in full agreement with you. Kids were out via submission for me. Very good. I don't care about their names. They're just numbers to me. And that's where the numbers <laughs> take me. Uh, one more I want to look at. Max Griffin versus Neil Magny. Mm. Um, Neil Magny is minus 250 to win the fight. I do think he wins the fight. 250 might be a little high. So what I'm eyeballing is Neil Magny wins by decision minus 105. Am I wrong? No, again, I'm in agreement with you and, and the exact same method. I think Neil Magny will probably definitely get this done by decision. I think in classic Magny, who probably looked to mix in that long range offense and with you know a couple of mixing in that regular takedown attempts just to sort of try and keep Griffin guessing and try and make him uncomfortable and again Max you know does have that great perfect timing in his shots but I think with the guy like Neil Magny he was um you know, top 15, top 10 caliber. I just think he'll look to use that significant height and reach to his advantage, I'd say, and probably control the fight for the 415. So yeah, Magni versus uh, Magnified decision is probably the play for me. All right. That's all I have on tap right now. I might have more hmm. Saturday morning um, <laughs> as we see the lines move and things like that. Maybe somebody will, you know, maybe there'll be some value somewhere. No, 100%. And in that case, we'll probably have to wait until the weigh-ins because you can just sort of determine how healthy an individual is not and who makes weight, who misses weight. And, you know, you look to see the lines potentially shift after that one. I'm learning today that they're not as healthy healthy as I thought they were. The fighters. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. You, 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 no, you, no, told, exactly. you told us a few stories out of school. I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. James is back. Are you coming back fairly regularly or is this a one-time appearance? Uh, no, no, we shall see. I think obviously now that my calendar's freeing up with the journalism side of things, I'll probably be looking to look to do a lot more freelance stuff now. So I think my Thursdays and my weeks will probably look a lot more open and nicely now. So yeah, I'm hoping to come back regularly. Unfortunately, there's no fights next weekend. So right, yeah. We're going to have to wait until the next pay-per-view, which should be a cracker between Volkner versus TKZ. But yeah, no, I'm hopefully having the aspiration to come back regularly and smash it as per usual. And again, with you, Arch, you're yeah. continuing to run the podcast game and fair play to you guys because you thoroughly deserve the accolades and it's good to see that you're getting noticed. There you go. And hopefully your bird doesn't say, James, you don't spend enough time with me. <laughs> I'll say absolutely defense all the way, fella. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Take care, mate. Look up, sir. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.